0: Welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast. My name is John Harris. Uh, I'm going to do a quick episode today because I don't have a lot of time, but I've had a few people reach out to me wanting me to do a follow-up to the video I put out about Ahmaud Arbery and the McMichaels, and I've had uh, some strong reaction online uh, from some. Most of it has been overwhelmingly positive, um, people saying, I never knew uh, some of the things that you're bringing out, and really all I was doing was watching the videos that were available and reading the police reports and the DA reports and etc. so it, it's not anything that you can't find, but I'll be honest, I had to go to DuckDuckGo, uh, an alternative search engine to just find some things because uh, the news reports, most of them don't um, have that information or the information I was looking for in them, I just wanted the primary sources, which is uh, probably a wise thing to do whenever you're researching. Uh, but 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 there's been a few reactions, <laughs> so this is the positive reactions. And then there's the reactions from the woke crowd, which I was anticipating. And One guy, I don't even remember his name, but he, retweeted um one of my tweets and he edited it he it was i was just going over some of the main points i had made in the video and then was an advertisement to hey watch the video well he cut that out nothing about a video and he put it out there and just said that i'm basically a racist and uh that i um uh, think slavery uh, is a good thing we should have never gotten rid of it which of course is wrong uh but that's the way that critical race theory works i mean this is um you People who think they can get in the McMichaels head and say, oh, they're just racists. I mean, they're from Georgia, they hunt, they're white. And look, uh, this situation ended in the death of my, a minority, this, this whole th- thing. So it, it must have been motivated by racism. And so people th- thinking they can get in my head and assume that I, I must be reading these facts all wrong just because I'm motivated by racism. And and that there's an objective way to look at these things. And hopefully we're all striving for that. I don't have a corner on that market. But I believe it exists, and we should all be looking for what, what is the truth in this situation. So let me reiterate some things. Number one, it's a horrible situation, and you should feel some kind of c- compassion, number one, but you should also feel some sense of, I want, some, I want someone to pay for that. That was wrong. That was avoidable, and I get that. That is completely understandable, completely. And and so um, so I think that's the emotional reaction. I think many of us are just emoting based on that. Not all of us, but that's the reaction that I'm I'm seeing a lot, especially from the more woke crowd. Now, even those who aren't woke, those who don't think racism necessarily had to be involved in this, you, you think this could have just been a, a terrible situation. I think th- there's still at least a segment of people in my camp, I would say, who still look at this and think, wow, this is horrible. This is so avoidable. Um, justice needs to be done. Whether they were motivated by racism or not, what they did was wrong. And I'm not their lawyer. I'm not trying to get them off. I, I'm i actually glad it's going to trial because uh, especially with the public pressure, um, the, these things need to be uh, established. Uh, my, I'm concerned that if, if they do, uh, are found not guilty, there's a whole lot of people invested in wanting to see them hurt. And I don't know... Um, I don't know how they'll react. Um, we, we we saw we have seen in other cases uh, how people have reacted who are of that mindset, and um, and so I, I hope real justice though is served in this case. Uh, so so I don't know all the facts. All I have is what's available to me, and all I have is my mind and my interpretation, and that's why you're tuning into this video. I'm assuming you're not getting anyone else's perspective. You're getting mine. So I'm I'm gonna address a few of these things. Um, the the woke stuff we've already dealt with, but. Those who I would say are in my own camp, you know, they're not, they're against social justice, but they have questions. Uh, I, I want to address your questions, a few of them. I may not get to all of them, and there may be some things left hanging at the end. I don't know, but hopefully I'll at least address some of them. So they, they fall into two categories biblical law and the laws of the state of Georgia, which I think are, that's very fair. That's what we should be talking about. And I tried to bring some of that to bear in the last video. Now this debate is not where I thought it would be, and I'm going to claim that as a victory. I'm glad that a lot of the the people that have reached out to me and asked me questions are not asking about racism, which is great because we don't know that. And and I'll say if they are found um, guilty of some kind of hatred and that was what motivated them, that you know there's a premeditation there, then I'm assuming there's a there's a punishment for that, and they should be punished. There there should be uh, some some kind of justice for that, but. But the thing is, um, we don't know any of that. And there's no, there's no biblical category for hate crime. There is for premeditation. So let me just be clear on that. I'm not saying that the, the, it should be more severe if it was racism. I'm saying if there's premeditation of any kind, if they didn't like his shorts and they went after him, you know, that was the reason. That's wrong. But, um, but, but other than that, uh, you know, other than um, the the whole motive uh, angle of this the the only really working um, principle that we can we, we we can discuss is was there reasonable suspicion was there um, re- really was there uh, probable cause for them to uh, try to stop him and I, I went over this in the last video somewhat but some people have some more questions and so I, I think I assumed that everyone had sort of the same working definition of probable cause and. I'm realizing that's not the case. I'm a law school dropout. I didn't finish. I dropped out the first semester, but you learn about probable cause pretty early. And so I'm going to go over a bunch of this stuff and just hopefully it makes things a little more clear. Now, I got to say one more thing before I start. This is a follow up to another video. So you're not going to get my full thoughts on this case if you haven't watched that other video and it is over an hour. So if you haven't watched it, I'd encourage you stop stop watching this, go watch that, watch it on double speed, listen to it on double speed, and then come back to this. Um, Because one thing I've noticed is some people like to take little thing I said here, a little thing I said there, and then run with it. And there's there's a whole lot more going on. If you want to fairly represent what I'm trying to say, that's the way to do it. So uh, all that said, these are important issues uh, because they do have to do with um, biblical justice. And let's start off with the bible on that note let's go to uh, exodus chapter 22 and i was asked about this john why didn't you talk about exodus 22 uh verse 2 says if a thief is caught while breaking in and is struck so that he dies there will be no blood guiltiness on his account but if the son is risen on him there will be blood guiltiness on his account he shall surely make restitution if he owes nothing then he shall be sold for his theft which by the way that that's slavery selling him into slavery i'm not making it up the bible says this so w- why didn't you bring that up? Well, first of all, I did bring that up. I quoted verse 2. I did not quote verse 3, and it's because um, I did not assume that the McMichaels uh, went after him just because they were going to execute him for stealing. That would have been wrong. And let me make that very clear. Um, that's very wrong. If they, if they had the motive of we're just going to execute him because uh, we think he stole something, that's that's evil. But that's not what happened that's not what we that the evidence that we have including the video evidence doesn't say that's what happened that's not what ultimately um killed Ahmad arbery it wasn't them with the intent of we're going to execute you for for stealing so um so that's one of the reasons i didn't bring this up now i do want to to make a few comments about this uh verse if i can go find it again here um now, if you, if you look at it, verse three, if the sun has risen on him, there will be no blood guiltiness on his account. So this is in the wisdom of God. He's saying, hey, at night, this, this is self-defense. This is, if someone comes at you and you're gonna defend yourself, you don't know what their intent is, but they die and, and you strike them. Um, you, know, you, you don't know if they're threatening you. But if, if the sun has risen, you can see what they're doing. You walk into the room, you see them trying to steal something then and, and then you kill them, that would be wrong. Because why? Because they're supposed to make restitution. And so, so this is a, a system wherein they would be sold into slavery or they, they would have to pay back whatever it was that they owed. If they didn't have anything to pay back, they're slave. Now, how would you detain that person if they ran? That's a, an honest question that I think needs to be answered. Even I'm, I'm saying back then in Old Testament times, if, if you see that and they run, now, do, do you, can you call the police? No, you, you can't. You're the only one <laughs> that saw it. You're the only one that can do something about it. You'd have to figure out a way to get them in that relationship where they're paying you back. Otherwise, um, other, otherwise, uh, there's, there's really nothing you can do. And, and for those who want to take, I, I think there's an oversimplicity here, to want to take the Old Testament system and just kind of drop it into 21st century United States, it, it doesn't... Work. I look at the general equity. I look at the, um, the the principles and try to apply them, but you can't take that whole entire system and just drop it here. We have a prison system, which is wrong. I don't think it's biblical, but you can't just get rid of that right away. Um, I, I think we should have politicians who are striving to have a more of a system of restitution and not prison. That's, that's just, but that would have to be progressive. You'd have to do that gradually if you were going to implement that, where you'd have a huge problem if you just opened all the doors to the prisons. I mean, you'd have to have a plan in place. And, and that's just not the system that we live in. And so, yeah, is it broken in some ways? It is broken in some ways, but but that's all we have. And so we have to do our best with what we have, okay? And that's the practical side of this. It's not ideal. Uh, and really, no human institution will ever be ideal. Um, God, of course, gave us a model and it was supposed to be a light to the nations. So I, I do think that we should be striving to apply these principles. And I think God has the ideal mindset. He has the ideal principles uh, but once humans get involved, it's no longer ideal, and we don't have an ideal system, certainly uh, in this country in every way. An, an ideal justice system is what I'm talking about, and so, um, so, so, so we can't just you know assume all the things that would have been assumed in in this situation. Um, if someone did break in and you saw them, or you saw them running out of your house, or or, or you know, let's say you're going to help the guy, you know, help the guy whose house was broken in. Um, th- there's nothing here that would prohibit that. Uh, because it'd actually be a just thing The guy has to the, the robber the person that you think is robbing he has to pay back he has to make restitution so someone has to if he resists come in and make sure that uh that take place that takes place so that's exodus 22 and um i just don't think that principle it, you know like i said i'll say it one more time if it was a situation where they were going to execute the guy they're going to shoot him for stealing that would be wrong but that's that's not what would, happened. All right, so here's an, another article, and I think this captures a lot of the objections that people have uh, to what um, I said in the last video, some people. The Ahmad Arbery killing in Georgia law, and this is by Andrew, I think it's Fleischman, if I'm pronouncing that right. He's a lawyer, I think, in Georgia. And here's the subtitle, explaining the legal issues surrounding an incident of two white men shooting a black jogger they suspected of crime. And I went over the jogging thing in the last video. So you can, you can see that Fleishman's already biased in some ways. He's just assuming this is a, a jogger. And, um, of course, we can't assume that, and you, you can watch my other video if you want to know why I said what I just said. But, uh, but here's his argument. I'm going to a few arguments, really, here. He says the officers had probable cause to arrest, so that, hey, the officers should have just arrested the McMichaels. And what does he base that on? Well, he goes down here, and he says there was a case uh, where there was a woman who had been raped and abused by her ex-husband for years, called the police to escort him out, then shot him. When he broke back in, she was arrested on the spot and convicted um before she was uh let off in 2020. now you can click on this you can go you can read it i encourage you to read the case history but there's a few key differences between the two number one um is there were two other witnesses with the mcmichaels so you had three people that noticed this in this case you only have the one only one person is there to establish what actually took place and and if you're thinking biblical justice you got to be thinking two or three witnesses number two and this is more important perhaps um, in the McMichael case, there's a, there's a, a, the aggressor is, um, the, uh, is Arbery and he, and, and you may say, no, the aggressor, you know, because they're intimidating. They're just, they're out there with John Wayne. They're with their guns. And, and look, I'll, I'll, I'll say this before I, I get to, to that. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I said it in the last episode. I think it was unwise for them to go after him after he evaded them once, which made him look suspicious. They should have said, you know, what, we're going to let the police just handle this. Um, I don't know whether it was because the older Arbery um, had been a police officer and was an investigator. You know, I, I don't know if that's the reason um, that he kept going. Um, but but they should have probably let it let it go right there. And, and but th- there's a lot of people right now saying, oh, they were they were like they were flashing their weapons, they were pointing them at Arbery. I'm not seeing the evidence for that. Um, it, there's really three things, uh, and if you read the the uh, police report, you'll know some of this. This is why I think the lawyer who wrote the piece I'm about to comment on, it doesn't seem like he did a lot of research digging into the actual facts of the case. But if you, if you read the police report, they thought Arbery might be armed. They had seen him in camera footage uh, during the night, by the way, too. Not just during the day, but they had seen footage of him, and it looked like he might have been armed in one of the clips they had seen. Um, they had a, a gun stolen from them uh, that seemed to corroborate with uh, with all of this. And they also, if the older McMichael at least, had... Um, he he had actually investigated Arbury for breaking his parole, violating his parole, for a gun charge. There's three good reasons why they would want to take guns with them if they were going to try to stop him for the sake of defense. Not to go kill him, but because we don't know if he has a gun, and we're just going to keep them on our bodies. And I don't have, I don't see any evidence that they ever... Tried to point the gun at, at Arbury and say you you need to slow down because uh, where you know we'll shoot you or threatening them with the gun it just they just had them on them uh, in case and 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 I don't even know if Arbury even saw the gun until they had stopped and the one guy was carrying a shotgun not pointing at Arbury. is that intimidating yeah that's intimidating um, but if you know all the events that led up to that it makes it a little more understandable why they would have. Uh, suspected that Arbery might have a firearm, or th- at least they would have wanted w- would have wanted to be prepared. And you can understand why they would w- wanted to stop him. Doesn't make it wise. Okay? That doesn't make it wise. But it also doesn't make it illegal. And those can be two different things. And and so we, we need to separate those two. I know it's hard um, in this situation. I get that. But we need to separate those two. So let's keep going uh, with this article here. Um, so, the, so in this case, uh, you had... Um, you didn't have the struggle for the firearm that existed in the Arbury case. In fact, she says he, she felt like he was going to kill her that night, and so she uh, she shot him. She just grabbed a gun, and she that she kept it under the sofa and fatally shot him. And so so in in the it's not in the accidental category. It's not it's not in the tragedy. There was a premeditation of I'm going to kill him because he's threatening me, and there were no witnesses. In this case, in the Arbury case, you had witnesses, and there was this the aggressor, technically speaking, under the law, you may not like it, was Arbury. And so then it became, as soon as Arbury punched him and went for the gun, it became a self defense situation. Uh, and it was cataloged. So um, that's a key difference, and I think it's worth noting. And the second point uh, that this particular lawyer makes is he says, well, it, it's not really burglary under Georgia law, because for it to be burglary, there needs to be a suspicious intent. He says uh, the person's behavior had to be uh, otherwise suspicious. So like a window getting broken in, or he entered late at night, which by the way, they did have footage of that. I don't know if this lawyer is aware. Um, here we have Arbery uh, entering without authorization, but no apparent evidence of unlawful intent. And so, so his intent has to be unlawful. Uh, he just, all he did was enter without authorization. And so this is where I have to wonder here if this lawyer has actually, if he read just the police report and started doing research, he would have found very easily um, that there was a history here in the neighborhood. In fact, I'm going to show you this. Uh, this is from um, uh, do, 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 do. Vox. I just posted this. Uh, so, this is Larry English, uh, the guy who's building a home. This is the the construction house. Um, he said that someone had stole two thousand five hundred dollars in fishing gear from him earlier this year. Remember, I showed you the map. This is right on a lake. There, you know, I said there's no reason he's not taking a shortcut by going into that house. So it's it's not a lake. It's actually an inlet. So two thousand five hundred dollars of fishing gear was stolen earlier that year. He never reported the theft. He told the Daily Beast the second. Uh, was reported to police by travis mcmichael who said a nine millimeter pistol was stolen on january 1st from a vehicle parked outside his home in the police report filed after Arbery's killing gregor mcmichael said the burglars had been caught on surveillance video and that Arbery matched the description of the suspect and so this is um this is kind of like key information here now there may be more questions about that um i don't have time to to get into to more i mean and and, and Part of the reason is because, I mean, my knowledge is also limited. I don't know uh, what other things have been, um, ha- what other pieces of evidence exist out there. Um, but I do know, it seems like, of some evidence that it seems like this lawyer doesn't know about. Now, here's here's his next point that he wants to make. This was not a lawful citizen's arrest. Uh, and the reason he says that um, was because citizens are entitled to use reasonable force to arrest the person who have committed crimes in their presence or immediate knowledge. So, Um, He's saying this wasn't reasonable force being used. And and so here's (laughs) the example he gives. You can't burn down an orphanage to catch one child snatching extra bowls bowls of gruel. Talk about (laughs) going to the extremes to try to prove your point. Um, So in a citizen's arrest, um, you you can't... What he's saying is you can't take a gun to that if a guy doesn't have a gun. You can't... um, and I don't know if that's true or not. Let me, let me, let me, let me just say this, though, about this, because this is actually pretty simple to me. I don't even have to know everything about that particular law. Would you want to live in a world where, like, a young woman can't um, conduct a citizen's arrest uh, against, uh, let's say, a, a, a beefy guy who could really beat her up? Because if she brings a gun to that, it's mismatched. She's got more power. She can kill him. She has lethal force on her side, and, and he doesn't have that kind of power. Um, th- there's a reason that I think we wouldn't want to take this principle and then apply it across the board, and it's, it's because of situations like that. You know, wh- What if he did have a gun? What if someone made every indication they were bluffing, but they had a gun? People have even gone to stores and tried to rob them with toy guns, and if you try to do a citizen's arrest— and you think it was a real gun? You're under that impression. Um, you're not allowed to do it if you find out it was a toy gun, and they got so. So that's part of the problem here. The McMichaels had good reason to think that Arbery might may have a weapon, and so are they just going to cast that to the wind? Um, hopefully not. And I don't think any of us would want to live in a world uh, where that was the case. So um, that's what I have to say about that. So if. Whether or not you think uh, that they used um, the reasonable force to try to conduct, I guess, what, what would you would consider a citizen's arrest, um, that, that's something that I guess will play out in court. And it, putting yourself in the McMichael shoes, knowing everything you know, um, let's say without going the extra mile of stopping him, trying to stop him the second time, which I wouldn't have done, but just the, the whole idea of, Wanting to take a precaution seems to make sense to me, uh, and I don't think this, the lawyer here has like a—he he, his case seems weak at best. Now I'm going to deal with the probable cause thing here because this has been brought up a lot. He didn't have probable cause; it wasn't in their immediate knowledge. Um, here's what probable cause is, and I, you know this is just a Bing search, right? So you can look up any definition you want; it's all over the place. Here's the simple one: reasonable grounds for making a search, pressing a charge, etc. The police have to meet this threshold all the time. And sometimes you're not committing a crime. You're just suspicious. And so go look up any definition of probable cause you want. You can go to Wikipedia if you want. And and you're going to find out probable cause doesn't mean you know for a fact. It just means that it looks like it. You can have a, a strong um, su- suspicion. Uh, here's another one. There's a legal dic- dic- dictionary down here. Probable cause is a level of reasonable belief based on facts that can be articulated that is required to sue a person in civil court to arrest and prosecute a person in criminal court. So that that's the threshold that they would have to meet, which in this case seems actually like it would be pretty easy to meet that. Now let's keep going uh, with this particular attorney and uh, his article here. Um, he said justification will be difficult to establish, and the reason for that is... Uh, i'm going to just read it here 's the thing about justification you cannot you typically cannot raise it if you are the aggressor or if you provoke the use of force with the intent to use that force as an excuse to use deadly force. The other person must pose a deadly risk so So the big issue with the defendant's case here is that they pointed guns at Arbury. We know this because, according to the one district attorney's memo, the first shot went through Arbury's hand as he was trying to grab the barrel in Georgia pointing a gun at someone's aggravated assault, even if you had no intent to intimidate them so he's basing this not on the video he's basing this on where the first shot went and saying well it had to have been pointed now it it was but what when was it pointed the sequencing here is important because Arbery comes out and starts punching him if you watch the video first and then immediately he grabs the gun and it's a fight over the gun and in that struggle um, the gun is pointed at him and they're not even a hundred percent sure from what I understand from the district attorney's memo at least, um, which is the one he's citing here, who actually even had the trigger even got pulled. Now, it probably was the McMichaels. It it probably wasn't Arbery who's pulling the trigger on himself, but it's hard to tell in a fight like that. And um, and, and the attorney here who's writing this article just assumes the aggressors are the McMichaels. They have to be. the, the sequencing here, like I said, is very important. Who attacked first? He, he brushes all that to the side. He ignores it, which which is problematic, uh, in my opinion. He says, uh, because the McMichaels pointed guns at the victim and the victim was aware of those guns, they committed aggravated assault. And because the victim died in the course of that felony, it's a felony murder. There is also an argument for false imprisonment uh, or aggravated battery as felony murder, predicates albeit weakly, And for aggravated assault, he goes on and he just complains about uh, Georgia law and um, and I, that's not really within the scope of um, the objections that I'm getting so hopefully that helped at least a little bit maybe there's more questions that are being raised in your mind which is good I think it's good to, to consider these things and think through these things but um, I guess the, the point of all this is um, it really is wiser to to stay within the limitations of the evidence that we actually have and not to try to read into things what we want or what we would like to have happen and and not to impugn someone's motives i mean i didn't get into it but in this article he tries to he tries to say it's the the police department's fault because um they're biased essentially they have a really we don't know that we don't know is it possible yeah i i suppose so and and maybe that will come out in the trial um but when, when you start talking about things you don't have evidence for you get in sticky situations real quick I hope that was helpful uh, for some of you who still have questions and um, hey if you have questions that you still have you can post them I probably won't get to them but um, but I, uh, I appreciate you lending me your ear uh, for this short video and hope it was helpful to you um, God bless and by the way there's some I keep saying there's big stuff there are some big things coming out soon. I hope you uh, pay attention to that. Keep your eyes on the channel. You uh, won't want to miss them. So I'll talk to you later. Bye now. Sick of being upsold at gyms?